Hello, everybody. We are back. It's a brand new season and a brand new Southampton Way podcast episode. This is episode 16. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd like to say it's a, a whole brand new Southampton and we've turned a new leaf. We thought we did after after Friday night, but but possibly not. Um, loads and loads and loads to talk about on, on this episode. So I'm glad to say I've got um, two very, very knowledgeable people <laughs> to talk about it with. Um, I have got with me Rob Maddox and Martin Sanders. So, chaps, Evening. thank you very, very, very much for joining me for this one. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you guys as always, and uh, to look forward to this uh, look forward to this new season with you guys. It's a pleasure as well. So, um, let's the season started. So we are a little a little bit late, but it started last Friday when we travelled to Hillsborough. Um, Rob, you you were there. Uh, so I will start with you and then I'll come to you shortly, Martin. Rob, first of all, hmm. Wednesday on a Friday, how, how did you see that sort of overall overall performance-wise? Um, did it live up to what you was expecting from what you saw in pre-season? Well, I think, you know, we went there knowing that, that we should really be, be beating Sheffield Wednesday, right? That's just first and foremost. By how many goals... Now that in hindsight it doesn't really matter, three points was, was all that mattered that that day, and um, just to kind of kickstart a, a fresh era, fresh a fresh start in preseason. I think I can safely say that we've all been quite impressed with with the core squad that we knew that probably would be playing the majority of these games, and it was good to see that core squad and and players who played well in preseason rewarded with a start. Talking mainly there, Will Smallbone, uh, I thought he was absolutely exceptional. Um, personally, my man of the match. Uh, on Friday, and it's it's really nice to see um, to see him finally come of age in the, in the Southampton squad because you know he's one of our own. You know we talk of sure we're going to talk about um, James Will Prowse a lot at this podcast, but Will Smallbone's a player who's been here since he was young, very young, a, a similar age, I think about eight, 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 seven years old, and he's and he's still here, which is really good. Um, I think overall. Uh, We bought George Pretty complete. Right. So we we have lost Rob for a sec there, but Martin, I'll, I'll come to you while we while we wait for for Rob to come back. He mentioned pre-season there, and he said that the majority of us were were probably quite pleased with what we saw. Um, we started we started with a tough game with Benfica, uh, and then we had a couple of sort of winnable games, didn't we? We, we went to Turkey and didn't quite um, didn't quite get what we wanted out of that. But I think you know a bit of warm weather training doesn't do anyone any any harm. Um, what did you make of preseason? Uh, one win against Reading. I know that I know that arguably you know Bournemouth, you could say Premier League opposition, and and um, and even you could say oh, well the, the semi finalists in um, in the in the Dutch guys that we played, but 
what did you make of it overall? Were you were you pleased with the progress that you'd seen considering last season ended with um, Ruben Sellers' ball? Were you quite happy with the way the team had progressed? I thought it was a real mixed bag of results, but I did try and watch as many of the games as I possibly could on like the live streams. Even watched the Benfica game at St George's Park because you were able to to see it. I think some of the young players really impressed. I think the standout for me was how quick Russell Martin has got across his style of play and the, and the change so quickly. I think he's done a phenomenal job in a really short period of time with those players. And obviously, he's got a bloated squad of players. We, we've not had loads and loads go out the door, other than the people that had contracts that were expiring. Obviously, Walcott, Moy, Willie Caballero went, and obviously, Ashley Maitland-Niles went. I think he's done a really good job of what he had there. Obviously, it must be really difficult to to do training with that amount of players. Um, but yeah, I think some of the young players really, really impressed um, over preseason. Sam, um, I thought Sam Amiel, I can't pronounce his name very well, but I thought <laughs> from what I've seen of him, he looked absolutely outstanding. Looks a looks a real talent, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and and um, sorry, Rob, I was just chatting to Martin about preseason because you mentioned that um, quite a lot of us would have been pleased with with how it went. I I I was one of those. Um, quite happy how he didn't manage to sort of give us a structure within the time he had. Um, yeah, considering considering the likes of of Jones and um, couldn't do that uh, in the time that they had, which is a very similar time period if you look at it. Um, he also mentioned uh, Sam Amo Amio. Oh, um, Amo, yeah, yeah. It's quite I caught up with you after the after the Bournemouth game and, and said that I thought that he is just just brilliant. Is it? Is he? And we were chatting before, saying that we should. I mean, he should be getting minutes. Were you disappointed not to see him against Wednesday on Friday? Yeah, so I think I think with Sam, it's um, it, it's a difficult one because I don't think anyone, not even the club, probably were expecting him to step up as much as he has done already. Um, obviously, over preseason, because I'm sure you know he's 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 a year off development of of Ballard and, and Cami, um, that you know those, those two boys who are really coming through. So I think this season for him would have been the plan would have been for him to. You know, be that main guy in the uh, in the under twenty ones now, um, and kind of shine through the PL two league that's been set up. Um, but I mean, yeah, w- what a surprise, right? I mean, we saw his cameo against Liverpool at the end of last year. It was fantastic, turning players, uh, put Fabinho in knots, but fantastic. Um, I was quite disappointed. You know, I think um, I think in the circumstances, Rebo was was probably the better sub to make because he's. He, I think he's just he's a little bit probably a little bit better at keeping the ball. A little bit more tame, a little bit more experienced in, in that kind of situation. Um, but I think if we were a couple of goals up, you know, maybe we're two, three, no up, coming into the 75th, 80th minute, I reckon we will see ammo a lot. And I think over the next couple of weeks, it's all about kind of bleeding him in gently because you don't never want to rush a player who's only just turned 17. Um, but we've saw, seen a lot of minutes uh, of ammo over, over preseason. He's been playing central attack and midfield. He's been playing left left wing, right wing. He's yeah, I think he's looked fantastic, really exciting. And um the the fact that we got him and Mekoma, two fantastic players for less than a million pounds from Spurs is is just unbelievable business um from our from our directors. So yeah, I, I can't complain over the moon for him. And it's really good to see another exciting young player come through, uh, kind of in our academy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think it's worth it is worth mentioning a couple of things that you that you picked up on there as well. Um, one being uh, the Joe Rebo sub, the right one to make, but in the way that I do, we're sort of go th- we'll go through the squad in a little bit um, and see sort of who may still be here to make that impact. But 
But also you said about like the directors made a good job pulling in Meg Homer and, and, and uh, Amiel for a, a million quid from Spurs. Um, I think they capitalised on a wage restructure or something silly like that. But I mean, to, to, to jump on that and get it was is outstanding. Um, I think I think not that not that we should at all forget or brush over what happened last season. But I think we're starting to see as fans, Sport Republic trying to really put the right people in place, and there has been a little bit of an of an overhaul behind the scenes, mainly being director of football um jason wilcox obviously we, we can't forget we have got a new academy director and a new ceo you know there's so much going on but the main man in the fray at the moment is jason wilcox um who has been outstanding in my eyes martin have you have you seen the difference in the way we've conducted ourselves from last season to this season um from boardroom level because it's quite clear with with managers um, that Martin is a vast improvement on what we had last year. But but what what do you think from from what we've seen from Jason Wilcox so far? I think Jason Wilcox was always going to have a really hard job when he came into the football club because of the relegation to to the championship and and the and the quality of player. Well, you know our top players were always going to be sought after. We're going to obviously talk about Will Prowse in a bit, but we had some. We're still though we got relegated. I still felt. You know, don't dwell on it too much, but I still felt we had more than enough to stay up. Really, last season was we got some, we we still got some good quality players. Obviously, we're starting to lose those now, and he's always going to be under pressure because we're going to have bids coming in left, right, and centre for the likes of Lavia, Ward, Prowse, and the strategy has been not to let anybody go. You know, not getting what they value the players at, and fair play. It's just dragged on a little bit now. That's the only major probably concern that it will well into the season. I think the transfer window doesn't help closing in September. It's it's just not ideal at all for anybody because there's so much upheaval, upheaval in, in the middle of August when we're like, we got a second game this weekend. There's a lot, lot of upheaval, but I think he's dealt with it really well. His interviews that he's done with Alfie House at the Echo and what's gone out on the, the official website, I think he, he comes across really, really well. I think he's a football man and is exactly what we needed he's exactly what we needed so fair play to the club for bringing him in yeah yeah i, I agree um and anything anything to to add on that on that role before we do quickly go back to to the wednesday game yeah so i think um i, I think martin's completely right i think personally i think what jason wilcox is the best thing that sport republic have done since they've come into the club obviously apart from you know balancing the books and whatnot but if we're talking personnel if we're talking signings in general I think, um, yeah, Wilcox has been simply fantastic this window. Um, he's had he's had big clubs absolutely sweating. You know, we see it we're seeing it last night. Chelsea have now come in for Lavia because Liverpool simply just couldn't agree a fee. I mean, we all know the fee; it's been public for ages. Fifty million will, will get you him, and he's really really stood tall on his word. Um, obviously, we spoke a little bit just now about the academy. So they've brought in Andy Goldie, who's our new academy director, taking over from Matt Hale. Matt Hale has done absolutely fantastic work over the last 10 years to bring our, bring our academy back to where it needs to be. This crop coming through who are 16, 17, 18, even some of the under 15s, absolutely fantastic. And that, you know, that we will see them potentially go to other clubs, but players like Harrison Miles, uh, Alejandro Gomez, you know, it was like Cammy Doyle, Don Ballard, um, you know, we're now bringing in Jalen McComa, uh, Samamo Mayor and Zach Orr this week as well. Another youngster. Who's, who's been signed up uh, as a free agent from Arsenal. So Phil Parsons as well, seems like a very honest guy, not necessarily more of a footballing guy like Simmons, 
but definitely more business related, which I think is is what a club in our financial situation needs. You know, we, we've got a lot of money now. We've got a war chest once we sell Labia. It's about time that we nurture that correctly uh, from a business perspective. And Wilcox, just, just let him handle the football stuff because so far it's been absolutely excellent. And I'm sure that now that War Prowse has gone and looks like Labby is going as well, um, you know, we will start to see those signings that we have planned brought in, hopefully one uh, one before Norwich, but we'll see. But um, yeah, uh, I completely agree with Martin. I think, I think he's been fantastic. And the hierarchy itself, the new hierarchy has really impressed me uh, when, I, when I was reading their interviews, as I'm sure, sure most fans. So obviously words need to be backed up with actions, but so far, uh, Jason Wilcox has definitely been doing that. So you can't really, uh, can't really fault the guy, to be honest. Yeah, no, t- totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so, so back, back to, to Friday night, um, Martin, I, I assume you, you were like me and you, and you watched it on, on the telly. Um, it was very interesting from start to finish for me. There were so many different points to pick up on and not a great deal to complain about, which is rare. Um, it was a shaky start, I think, with 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 Stevens nearly putting us right in it and conceding early doors. But apart from that, um, uh, I, th- I thought it was it was it was pretty excellent personally. Rob mentioned Smallbone already. I mean, was he your standout player? I mean, was that was there anyone else who fit in your eyes who fit that system and the way we played on Friday? You know, spot on perfectly. Yeah, I thought Smallbone was brilliant. The, the amount of passes we, 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 that we made were unbelievable. I think the the completion of oh, 930 passes that, that we completed during the game. It's quite incredible, really. We had all the possession, like 80% of the possession. It's, it's incredible. Um, I thought we, we played with a bit more purpose. We moved the ball quicker than we than we have done before. But we looked fairly organised, which is really impressive. Like you say, uh, Smallbone was good. I think Teller is a must-keep. I don't think he can be, let, can be, can be sold. Yeah. We we Agreed. have to keep him. I think with with the players that we're losing, he's one man we have to keep because he 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 knows the league and he looks he looks comfortable. He looks confident with that early that early goal that's obviously come off Adam Armstrong. But I thought he he, he was superb. And 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 Adozi, you know, Adozi's come back into the fold and and he looks confident. You know, you would think he might have lost a bit of confidence over the over the back end of last season not being selected. But credit to Russell Martin, he's. He'd get the best out of him. I think he'd be a really key player this season, um, Sam Adozi. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I was I was having this conversation today about um, our, our winger situation. I was actually discussing how I would quite like to keep out of Camaldine if possible um, to give us that depth on the wings because I think if we had Adozi, Teller, and Camaldine as as options on on the wings um, with with Sam Ammo, with the likes of Sam Ammo as well, I, I think we, we've yeah. got we've got a recipe. We've got an absolute recipe there um, and, and all we've got to do is cook. And another one to, to watch, I think, and quite interesting is is Walker-Peters because I think on Friday he was outstanding in that sort of role he was he was given. Um, what, what did you think, Rob? Was that, was that something you guys were noticing more when you were there? Were you like, fucking hell, like this is like Walker-Peters mm. is, is playing well? Because, I mean, not, not watching from where we were, he was unbelievable yeah i mean like so so with walker peters is just starting off um him in general so like last year i felt like towards the tail end of last year he didn't really look interested all that much there were times i can't remember who we were playing against there was times where he just get caught out so many times ball going over his head not tracking his man thought it was quite pathetic really um compared to, to where his standards were you know a couple of years ago um but when, when you look at it in pre-season obviously we're gonna we're gonna need to talk about tino because that was his main competition for that right back spot and um, I think Walker Peters looks much more uh, comfortable 
than Tino did in that in that inverted fullback role. I think he's a little bit more technical. We've always seen it. His dribble completion's always been quite high. So um, he's he's able to kind of manoeuvre himself in those tight areas, which is what an inverted, inverted fullback kind of needs to do. And his passing's always always been quite good as well. We saw it for the Ward Prowse pass, uh, the, the Ward Prowse assist, um, where he drifted in and then Walker Peters just found him, cut out four men with, with that one ball. Really, really simple. But he looked fantastic, wasn't he? I think that was... I know, I know we're playing... Not the best team in the world, should we say? Uh, probably one of the more poorer teams in this competition. But you can only play against what uh, you know the the opposition that, that you've got. And I thought I thought he looked fantastic. If we can keep hold of him, which now that Tino's gone, I think there's a very high chance that we do. If I'm honest, I don't I don't think a club will come in for him for twenty million, whatever we want for him. Uh, but I said the same with Paul Prowse, so there you go. Um, but no, I, I think I think if we can keep hold of him, he he will be a cut above. He'll be one of those players that we can kind of build Martin's system around. He looks so comfortable. Him, if we have Walker Peters on one side, Ryan Manning on the other. That 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 is a fantastic championship duo. And I know James Breeden didn't look fantastic from what we've well, from what I've heard on on Tuesday from people who went. Um, but to have him as a backup in the championship, I, I still think is is really solid. So uh, for me, yeah, Walker Peters look look amazing. If we can keep hold of him this this summer, and he's playing to that ability each week, and he actually looks committed and he cares, then yeah absolutely no issues with myself i thought it was a cut above really good yeah yeah um it's a funny one with james Bree. I, I didn't i didn't rate i think he played the first half against bournemouth and i thought he was he looked poor as well um just looked to be getting caught out a lot it, it, I, I can't make my mind up it's hard because obviously he came in at a very dis- demoralizing time barely played and now he's being asked to go back to a position he was you know almost a year ago playing yeah. for luton playing very well um, in, and he, 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 we know what Nathan Jones' sides are like, so he wouldn't have been used to playing in a side that keeps the ball all the time. Um, he would have been used to playing in a side that takes risks and boots the ball over the top. So um, I don't know. It's a big, big step up for him He's, if he really wants to to push on and and, and make a, a stake of claim to get in the first team. He's going to have to to pull his socks up frankly um and really give it some because he's clearly he's clearly a player he's he's his stats from last year tell you he's he's got it in him to, to be a to be a key player at at the level we're at right now so um yeah and, and he seems decent enough his attitude seems decent enough um so friday night just 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 to wrap up on it was there anything that that would slightly tweak a concern with you martin about sort of Maybe the way we conceded the goal, or or, or any any other aspects that might have been like mm, we could get caught out without this season, you know. Goals, I just think goals are really important. We're creating a, a fair bit, but we don't really have that real cutting edge up top, do we? I'm hoping that Adam Armstrong is going to come good. Um, not sure. We we were saying just before we come on on the podcast what will happen with Shay Adams. I think a striker, whatever happens, is an absolute must in this transfer window. I believe we we have to bring a goal scorer in. I think it's really, really important because I'm not Adam Armstrong done really, really well in the championship last time around. I believe he scored around 20, 28 goals last. Yeah, so it's good going. Really good going for Blackburn. But it's whether he can replicate that form again. You know, he's had two seasons where he's hardly scored. Can he get confidence quick enough and, and just get things going? But that would concern me, and obviously, like we brought a set piece coach in, which is interesting. Obviously, the the, the goal we conceded wasn't great, was it? We just got bullied um, in the box, and and that's that. You know, I just think we will sharpen up on that. I don't think 
we'll maybe concede as many goals as Russell Martin Swansea side did. I think we will get organised. The defensive coach being brought in is obviously been done for a reason. And we've just got to hope that Gavin gets some confidence this season and he can find a bit of form because he's a good goalkeeper. It's, it's all about form though, isn't it? And it, he needs to find it really quick, like obviously our striker strikers do. So they're the two key areas for me. Yeah, um, I, I didn't think Gavin had the worst game on on Friday night. There's uh, nothing he Rob, could do he about that goal. He didn't. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was a brilliant finish on on sort of on the bounce. He he did really well to to drive it into the corner. Not a lot he could have done with his feet. He was quite comfortable when he playing it back to him. Yeah. Um, you know, was, was do you do you think that that it, our problem really this season is going to be us are we going to be our own problem at times not scoring or or conceding sloppy goals i mean are we more worried about us than who we're playing do you think well you don't you don't win championship you don't get promoted based on other people's mistakes quite quite as simple as that over, over a 46 game season you have to you have to take responsibility it's as simple as that um i think i think from a defensive perspective just kind of touching on, on what martin mentioned i think i think we do i think we could if we, if we do keep Bellacott chap, I think he comes in for Bednarek for me. And the, the only reason why, I think, you know, obviously it depends how he recovers. The only reason why he seems a little bit more comfortable with his feet from what we saw last year, and he's he's so much faster. I thought that, that was the key thing, because Sheffield Wednesday are not a quick team, but there were times where we were getting caught out. And Stevens, as you know, composed as he is on the ball, probably isn't isn't the quickest man. So I, I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more pace maybe in that back four. Um, but I thought, I thought, you know, yeah, when it comes to Bazzuni, let's be real, we're not going to be getting another number one in, right? That's just not... Joe Lumley is not signed as a number one. Alex McCarthy, I would be so... like, I'd be so happy not to see him play for Saints again. He's a horrendous, agree. horrendous footballer. Uh, against Bournemouth, I think it was, in the preseason friendly when I went down. So I sat right behind the, the dugout and McCarthy and, and Lianco at half-time got dug out by Martin. Like, genuinely, like throughout the entire first half, he was just shouting at them, you know, play the ball with your feet. And that's where Bazuna is so much better than than McCarthy. I think I, I put it just a, you know, he's playing City's academy. That's how they would have want, wanted their keepers to play, like Edison, you know, really good with his feet. So you know, that's a positive. And hopefully, with the with the amount of, of, of possession we're keeping, you won't have to face many shots. But we will need him when he does, and that's for sure. Clean sheets are going to be huge, as Martin said. We need goals, but. Let's just give let's give Andreas Georgeson, our new set piece coach, a little, a little bit of time. Obviously, you can't fit set fix set pieces overnight, as we know, because we've had like five set piece coaches now. Um, but it will come. I think I think we'll we'll see the we'll see the full form of this Saints uh, team under Martin in November. I think that's when we we'll, we should hit stride. But until then, we just got to keep it tight at the back. Uh, be interesting to see how Belakotchuk comes back from injury and if we can keep him. But Stevens and Bednarek should be perfectly capable of keeping clean sheets in this division there's, there's no doubt about that yeah yeah I, I couldn't agree more and, and it just while you while you mentioned that being behind the dugout obviously I was literally in the room in front of you so I could yeah. I was watching what you were watching and and the thing I found interesting about about the way that Russell Martin works is I don't know if you picked up on it but they have a, a monitor yeah with a monitor we're watching an angle from the top of, I think, the chapel. It was like it was like yeah. an angle from the top corner of the chapel. Um, so he could see the shape. He could see exactly who was doing what when something happened. So not only when a goal went in, but when we conceded a chance, he went mm. from the touchline, almost the byline, turned straight around, shouted at Carl Martin, said, get that up. What the fuck just happened? And he, he yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. in those words, said, get that up. What yeah. the fuck just happened? 
and he wanted mm. to know exactly how we ended up conceding that chance. Not even a goal, just that chance. And that was like a breath of fresh air to see a man who cares about detail like that. Um, and the one other thing I picked up on, which will link into the whole captaincy thing, what we talk about in a bit more depth later, is I don't know if you picked up every single thing that happened in the first half that went wrong, defensively especially, Russell Martin turned around and shouted at Jack Stevens and yeah. communicated with Jack Stevens the whole game. He was saying, Jack, Jack, Jack. Almost like, when you get on, fucking sort this out. When you get on, fucking sort that out. It was like those two were the only ones from, like, it was like player liaison and manager. Like, Jack Stevens was sat back. Everyone else was having their own little conversations and stuff. And Jack Stevens was sat there, almost taking a bollocking for the boys on the pitch. It was like, it's really interesting the dynamic they've got because he clearly respects Stevens a lot. Um, we've definitely seen that. A, a little bit more on that later. Let's talk about the players who played on Tuesday night now. I don't want to talk too much about the results. It's fucking grim, frankly. To be honest Three with you, mate, we don't, we don't need any more games in this league. Uh, sorry, exactly. We don't need any more, mate. Exactly. But 3-1 but <laughs> against Gillingham is, is, is nowhere near good enough. Um, no disrespect to Gillingham. They didn't even expect it. I mean, their manager came out in the week saying, if you're expecting us to to keep the ball or see the ball, you may as well not show up. That was his exact words. He said, you may as well not show up. He said, I'm going to rest a load of our players to protect them. His exact words. You can go and have a look at his Yeah, he, Yeah, he said, yeah. So he was expecting an absolute trouncing. Now, we frankly rolled over and conceded three shots, uh, three goals and three shots. Alex McCarthy in goal, cough, cough. Martin, did you were you listening to it on the radio? Did you did you watch it? Did you see anything about it? Um, what was your thoughts overall about the game before we get into individuals? Well, it's really hard to watch because there's no stream, so it was uh, a case of the radio and uh, Sky Sports News, and just I watched it that way. Um, I think there will be a silver lining to come out of that result. Was that we'll see certain players that probably won't play for the football club again, or will be nowhere near the squad this weekend. I think he's pretty. I thought his press his post-match press conference and the interviews he did afterwards, it was refreshing to hear a manager come out and be totally honest. And he was totally honest. And like he said, there'd be a few people that won't be on this journey with us. And it's pretty obvious who those people are. Lianka will definitely be one of those. From what I heard on the radio, he was playing long passes when he shouldn't have done. We know that Russell Martin likes to play, play out from the back. He didn't obviously play to instructions. So Lianka won't be any part of it. It's pretty obvious that the club don't want him. The fact that he was out in Turkey, obviously the deal collapsed with the club. He's come back. He's not got the same squad number anymore. He he won't be in and around this squad, I wouldn't have thought, anymore. And if they can get rid of him, they will do. Like Rob said, I echo everything he said about Alex McCarthy. Doesn't suit Russell's um, style of play. Don't think he's good enough. I think his attitude's poor. He's not fit to wear the shirt. I don't like his attitude. I've said it on loads of podcasts I've been on. I do not like his attitude. I think he's sluggish and he doesn't set an example. He had the armband in one of the friendlies. I just thought he just annoys me as a goalkeeper. Um, obviously, and the, and the other one that's really disappointed me that I thought might step up in preseason. It's hard to judge it because I didn't watch the game, but from the people that went that we've spoken to was um, Sekumara. Don't think he played particularly well neither. I think his attitude was poor, didn't press, didn't, work to instructions and that's a I think it's a problem because he's a he's probably someone that you thought would be a part of this squad but his attitude's letting him down unfortunately yeah it, it is a shame with, with Seku because you know on his debut I think we were all really excited 
when he came on and sort of had that absolute flash against, I think it was against Leeds, if I remember right. It was really early in the season. Um, But yeah, we're really disappointed with, with, with hearing how he played. I know he was in a different role. I think he played in midfield, but... I mean, like like Russell Martin said, if if you're not gonna if you're gonna make mistakes doing your own thing, that's a problem because you need to make mistakes doing what they've told you to do. If he's giving you a blueprint and you totally ignore it, it's not going to go down well. Um, yeah, I mean, it, what did you make of his of his uh, of his uh, interviews afterwards, Rob? Because I mean, I don't really apart from Charlie's Charlie's finish, there was nothing nothing else to talk about in that game for us. Oh, and and the young boys, obviously. But what did you make yeah. of, what did you make of the interview? I really enjoyed it. I'm not even lying. Um, I didn't watch the game. Um, I went to the pub, <laughs> but I, uh, I I was listening to it uh, on the on the way over in in the car and uh, and on the way back. Um, obviously, three one to Gillingham's a disgrace, and I'm sure Martin is. I thought it was really annoying because if you know, if we good result on Wednesday, win at Gillingham, you got all all the momentum going into Saturday, which is you know Norwich Norwich played really well against Hull, so you know really really quite a big game there, which we'll move on to. But I was really happy to to hear him dig out players because as a manager, I think if you've been at a club for a long time, it's quite easy to protect your players. You know, you have that the, you know that relationship with them. You have personal relationships with, with the players. I don't think Martin being here for five weeks necessarily has that with all of them. Um, so I think it's important that he does kind of dig them out, set standards, because in a 46-game season, you cannot let standards slip, especially if we're going to go for promotion. And as Martin said, I don't think we'll see some of the some of the players yet this season. Yeah, Lianco, I wouldn't shock me if we never see him again. Now that we've got Zach Orr, genuinely, uh, from what I've read, I'd rather play him. Uh, Lianco is is just crap. Like <laughs> he's genuinely just crap. Um, you, you can't trust him. Um, Mara, you were spot on. I thought he uh, he did disappoint in preseason. Um, didn't do much against Reading. I know he's playing on the wing, but still against Reading. Ruben Sellers' team, he's got to be doing a little bit more. But no, I I was quite pleased to, to hear him. He's he's taking it seriously. I spoke to Alfie, uh, Alfie House about, about the interviews, and he was saying, Yeah, he was, you know, Martin was was absolutely fuming. You know, he, he's very calm, quite composed. But I think with Russell Martin, you can really you can really see that anger. Uh, you know, he is he's a perfectionist, isn't he? As you said, you know, he said really good quote. As you mentioned, you know, if you're going to make mistakes doing it our way, then that's completely fine. You know, we can work on that, but not when you do your own thing. And just touching back to the Bournemouth friendly, I mean, Josh, you would have seen it. There was one moment in that in that friendly where Lianco just decided to play a diagonal pass when he could have just passed it out to, to James Bree. And Russell Martin went absolutely fuming. He, he, he lost his head completely. So I, I was quite pleased to see him dig out some of the players. I think it's really important, especially after last year. You know, there's you, of course you can protect players, but when you put in a result like that, three-one against Gillingham, a League Two team, it's just disgusting. So, um, and I think as I, I as I tweeted after the game, I think that game, the only silver lining I can really see from that, apart from Cammy Doyle getting an assist on his debut, um, is he knows who he can trust and he knows who he can't now. You know, he's that's his first professional game. He's had plenty of preseason games with the squad. He knows who he can trust and who he can't. And long term, I think this game would do us more good than bad. Because you know we don't know we don't need to obviously Carabao we want a cup run, but this season's going to be tough enough. And let's be real, our main aim here is promotion, so um, that's going to be worth a lot more to the club than getting to the quarterfinals of the Carabao. So um, I think yeah, I, I think long term that, that game might actually do us some good, believe it or not. Which which is yeah, as I said, really uh, clutching at straws there, but we'll see. 
No, I know what you mean, but but when you do look at it in in for what it is, I think I think actually yeah. when I, when I looked at it and I, and I listened to what Russell Martin had to say after the game, I was definitely more at ease about how it was going to be dealt with you, because that, that do, was do, something. Do you trust? Do you trust him more? Do you, do you trust oh, him? Oh, mate, it's, it's night and day. It is honestly, yeah. it's night and day, and I, I'm not. It's not yeah. like a. Because I, tr- I really did try to to get in, like to be up for the the Nathan Jones thing, and and I, and when 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 it happened, I was disappointed, and I had everyone around me, and my family, and and who support other clubs, and even support Southampton, saying this is a this is an awful decision. I said no, no, no. Let's give him some time. You know, if he was a if he was a manager who'd just come from Spain and we'd not heard of him and he was unproven, we'd be more excited. You know, so so give him some time, but. I mean, I think it was evident the way he spoke after games just made you feel like yeah, this is not getting any better. Even even as soon as after after Brighton um, in on Newsday on whenever it was or Boxing Day, whenever yeah, Boxing we played Day, Brighton, yeah. it was like even after that, and it was a poor show. And I think he changed formation about about twenty five times in the game. It was like I didn't know what I was watching. Mm-hmm. Even after that, it was like I, I don't know what's he going to do to fix it? Cause he doesn't even seem sure in himself, but, but yeah. I definitely do feel more sort of secure in, in having, having uh, Martin in the dugout. Um, and well, he knows, he knows the league as well, mate. He knows, he the knows league. the league very well. He knows the league. You know, well. you know, he knows what he wants. He has a philosophy and he's implemented that philosophy massively. I mean, like what they had two weeks of training and then they played Benfica and mm-hmm. instantly you could see the difference in shape and the inverted fullbacks and whatnot. So mm-hmm. yeah, I know I completely agree. It's, yeah, it is night and day. Literally, a hundred percent. hundred percent. It feels like it feels like night and day. And and I I draw parallels, guys, to, to when we lost to Grimsby, and yeah. after Grimsby, and listening to what Sellers said, and it was just copy paste for what he'd said last week, and then it was copy yeah. paste again when he did it again. It was like demoralizing at that point. I'd even given up and realized we're not. I'm just wasting my money. I'm still going to be here, but this is a fucking waste of time. You know, I'm being spat in the face by my own football club because nothing's going to change and we're going down. At that point, you think, "Oh, this is it." But after that loss, you feel like, "Oh shit, this is gonna. This is a catalyst for change now." Like, like he's gonna do something about this. I mean, it, one of those things, Martin, being that he he mentioned he called out certain individuals and refused to even mention other others' names. Um, let's start with the positives. I think positively, he said the young lads. So that'd be Cami Doyle, Meg Homer, um, Sam Ammo. He said was fantastic. And and Jaden McHomer um, was fantastic. He said, and, and he even mentioned uh, Diblin, who, who made his debut. Said Tyler, come on and, and done well as well. Um, senior players, I don't think there was many to to mention that he said was good. He said, he said Joe Rebo and Stuart Armstrong were good. Um, he he gave Roman Perot a mention. Just I think that was just because he's come back from injury. I mean, there were some notable exclusions there. Uh, being like Rob said, uh, Lianco. One for me was Che Adams. He didn't mention that. It really surprised me, given that he had the armband that night. Um, let, let's let's pick through it a little bit. So with the positives, he did mention that certain players are going to have to make way because he prefers the young players and he needs those young players in the group. Um, assuming this is he, he's meaning the guys he played in preseason, Meg Homer, uh, Sam Ammo. Uh, especially, um, would you be quite satisfied with that? Would you be satisfied uh, as a fan to say, actually, these players we played, we paid five, ten, up to fifteen million for? I'd rather see them go and these young guys in the squad. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the young players coming through look really good. Talk about Jaden; he looks a he looks a phenomenal player. I, in that Benfica game, the first game of preseason, I thought he was he was one of the standout players in the first half. He looks strong. He looks like he's got a football brain. He gets his head up early doors. He's he doesn't give the ball away. I think he'd be a massive, a, a really good addition. He'd be in and around the squad, same as, as Sam Amo. He'd be in and around the squad. I still believe they need to bring a few faces in, that's for sure, and get the mix right. I don't think we can just expect them to to come through and and do a job. If they get the mix right and they buy well, this is probably something we want to come on to in a minute. But yeah, um, I, I think the, the best thing to come out the other night, like Rob said, the silver lining is he will know who he can trust and who he can't trust. And those players that he can't trust, it make the transfer business that little bit easier because he'll know what they need to go and get now. There might be players they thought that were going to be a part of things that won't be a part of things now. That's the biggest thing to come out of, the, of um, Tuesday night. I think Rob, Rob's right. It's probably a blessing in disguise, to be honest. And more good will come out of it in the long run, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. 100%. We, we've seen certain young players, Rob, over the years come and flourish and then just, just sort of disappear back into the into the youth setup, um, it, especially in pre-seasons. We, ha- we generally had a habit, especially Ralph had a habit of doing this, bringing players in for pre-season. And even if they excelled, you know, it was almost like, oh, they were there just to make the numbers up sort of thing. Uh, namely, people like Diamond Edwards. Um, I know he did get injured, but I thought he was fantastic. Um, yeah. I think it was last pre-season. I thought he was fantastic. And then he didn't, he wasn't even in any squads, like for cup games or anything. He just wasn't involved. Um, like I said, I know he did get an injury, so maybe I'm being a bit harsh. But are you... Yeah, are you more confident <laughs> in uh in our in our young lads, sort of the ones that have come through, the likes of the likes of Don Ballard and Cammy Doyle and and Jaden and all these guys? I think, I think you've got to be just purely based on what we've seen. I mean, you're right. Diamond Edwards is really exciting. He's he's 18, 18 now, potentially nineteen. Um, I'm so unlucky to do his ACL, and then yeah, he's just going to be out for a year. So I think he's he's now back. I think in training. Um. Which is a huge shame because he looked really exciting. And, you know, I, I saw him play last season. Um, the B team were doing a friendly just down the road from me in, in Froome. And uh, and I went to go watch. And he, he was on the pitch. He looked absolutely fantastic. Same with, same with Ballard as well. Um, and Cammy, they, they, all, they all look really good. I think if you, if you, um, if you look at the, the, the B team from last season, you look at your Ballards, your Doyles. Ballard and Doyle, by the way, are going to be like, if we're talking Southampton products, they're going to be the next to next big ones i think doyle didn't probably didn't have the biggest preseason he probably thought he would but uh ballard was also unlucky to get injured so we haven't really seen that much of him but those two lads are, are going to be phenomenal i think if, if we were to give don ballard a league one loan to like derby i think it'd be fantastic for his development because i don't think he's going to get much game time here whereas it looks like che adams potentially staying adam armstrong maybe another striker being brought in um as you said, we've spoken about him so much tonight. Ammo looks fantastic. No more needs to be said on him. He's just quality. Oozes it. Really exciting, really direct. Pacey, can't really ask for much more. And as Martin said, McHomer looks fantastic. Player we haven't really spoken about was Juan Larios. Um, he's going to be good competition for uh, for McHomer, I think. For And like, to be honest with you, after lot, I know he's playing centre-back, but I don't think pro suits the system at all. If, if a bid was to come in from France or wherever for eight to ten million, I'd, I think I think we'd happily take that. Um, I, I think you know you, you got to give got to give these youngsters a chance. That's why they were signed. That's why they got these pro contracts. Uh, at the end, they are is the Southampton way, and, and that's what we want to kind of bring through. Um, I'd love to see McHomer and, and Larios kind of fight for that second left back position because Manning 
Manning's Mr. Reliable, it seems, um, from his Swansea career. So uh, I think that's really strong. Um, look across the pitch, centre-back. Centre-back, the academy's always really been lacking over the last couple of years. I mean, Nico Lawrence, who's, who's out on loan at Colchester, had a fantastic show the other day. Re he's going to be a really good player. But as we know, centre-backs take time to mature. Uh, bringing in Zach Hall seems quite exciting, quite highly sought after. Uh, had offers from elsewhere, but chose to come here. For what reason? I think we're going to we're going to give him first team football this year. Um, just thinking through the squad, really. Yeah, I mean, th th those are the main ones. He said Diamond Edwards. Um, there are a couple really exciting young lads who are probably just a little bit too young for me to mention on the podcast. But um, you know, I, you know, there are some really really good ones coming through. And as I said, Matt Hale has done fantastic work to to bring the academy back to where it needs to be as a cat one. Um, and we saw that last year with the uh, with the B team winning the cup. So it'll be really interesting to see the see the PL two team. Um, but I, I'm so happy that these lads have been given a chance because I've been I've been waiting for them to break through for so long. You know, like Don, how long how long have we been waiting for Don Ballot to be given a good go? You know, <laughs> so um, yeah, it does. And he's you know the lads only like 17, 18. Same with Cami, who looks fantastic. So Dibbling as well. Completely forgot to mention Dibbling, but he's he's going to be a, a serious talent. So maybe a couple of loans for the guys because you know when you when you're pushing promotion, you want to have your best players on the pitch. And I don't think they're there yet. But they need the experience, so potentially alone, I think would be good for a couple of them. But yeah, it's just it's just good to see, isn't it? It's, a, it's an easy win. It's an easy win, isn't it, for fans seeing that? Seeing it is um, some very very play. refreshing. Yeah, very refreshing. Um, I think while we're on while we're on the squad, it's probably worth moving on to the squad. So let's start with the incomings because there's not been particularly many. Um, so we started with Ryan Manning, which, to be honest, is is probably at the end of the season going to look like one of the better signings, uh, especially value-wise in the championship overall. I think he he is a fantastic coup. Um, obviously no, knows the system is fitting seamlessly. So to get him for free, fantastic. Um, sort of under the radar and then suddenly he was our player, which is great. Um, Shane, um, Shay Charles uh, was afterwards. Obviously the kid from City. Uh, was it 15 million we paid for him? 15 million roughly or rising yeah, I think, to? I think, yeah, that's probably the total package, isn't it? Yeah. A total package, right. Um, Joe Lumley, third choice goalkeeper, lastly of Barra, I believe. I think, thinks that, yeah, I think could so. Could be Reading. I think it's Barra, right? Barra Wedding, one of them, yeah. Bit of a journeyman from what, from what I've seen. He's played for a fair few clubs, but Joe Lumley on a free, uh, presumably to play third choice, hopefully second if McCarthy, uh, does go um please and the last one being uh most recent one sorry being zach or um from like you say uh on a free was last at arsenal the bigger thing here right now is the outgoings so um first of all martin the, the first big one uh to leave in the week was was tino uh it sort of it was talked about for a long time newcastle were said to have completely walked away because our fees were so so far apart um from what we saw it was what they come in with a 23 million bid at first and we said 40 and they said whoa in a bit we can't we can't deal with that because of ffp and all this sort of stuff um i think it rumbled on with the likes of uh st maximum parting for saudi and you know all of that um money laundering bullshit that they do. Um, <laughs> so they made room and they paid a, a, what is supposedly a total package of, of 40 million. Um, who's got the better deal out of this, Martin, do you think? Do you think Newcastle or Saints? Which one has, has come away with the better deal? 
think Saints walk out of it really well. Um, he was one player I probably didn't expect to see go this summer. I thought after the injury and the 18 months that he's had out of the game, I, I didn't think anyone would take a punt on him at, at, at this stage, maybe in the January window, but I didn't expect him to go in the summer window. I was excited to see him with us this season, but I think we've done well to get what we've got for him. I think Rob will probably have the figures on what we walk away with because obviously there's Chelsea have a chunk of the, of the, of the transfer fee because of the, the um, resale value and everything. So and we won't walk out of it with the, with the full value, but I think that we've done well out of it. I think he's a, he's a good player. He's a promising young player and you can't blame him wanting to go play Champions League football as a, you know, Newcastle are flying high. I think he'd, he'd be a good signing for them, but I think if we can invest the money that we bring in, well, I think we'll do, we'll do really well, but obviously we get where Carl Walker Peters is a right back anyway. If we keep Walker Peters, we've got, you know, Probably without, well, not probably without question, the best right back in the division. So I yeah, think we, we walk we walk out of it really well. To be fair, I like what Rob yeah. thinks. Yeah, yeah, no, I I completely echo that. Yeah, yeah, I was I was going to um, say, Rob. So so given given the fact that we have that was the first one where where I think clubs sort of it was almost like a benchmark. It was like shit. Southampton are not going to budge on this on their on their valuations, yeah. right? Um, there was a lot about it uh, on 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 radio, especially um, if you listen to to Talk Sport. They had uh, Darren McAntony, the Peter Barona on, um, who was talking about his experiences with Rasmus Ankerson. Uh, he dealt with him when he sold him Ivan Tony from Peterborough uh, to Brentford, uh, and he's it was quite frank and black and white, and said um, he is the most horrible. Don't ever play a game of poker with him. He is the most horrible. But you know, strong businessman you'll ever come up against. So he said, "Don't expect Southampton to be to be uh, lenient on their fees. They will not sell a player just because they've gone down on the cheap. It's not going to happen." That Tino deal proved it. Um, it's it's sad to see him go. Right, it is sad to see him go. Um, let's talk a little bit about right backs for now because because there has been a little bit going on. Right, so first of all. How did you feel about Tino going? Like it was a bit of a shock, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. And then potential replacements, you know, because there has been a lot going on in that department fairly recently. Yes. So I mean, if we touch on Tino, um, if you go back to Brighton, Brighton away, I, you know, when he was named in the squad, I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, naming the squad, that's fine. And I know this won't be like the ultimatum of why a club would come in for Tino, but I do feel like we did put him in the shop window a little bit. Um, Against Brighton, I think you know you just you are just confirming to everyone that he's completely fit and going to be completely healthy um, coming into the transfer window, um, which I don't think we really need to do. I mean, we were already relegated. I think obviously I don't want to to do make accusations, but it almost felt like at the time that it was well, it was an easy win, wasn't it, for the club to bring uh, to bring Tino back in a little bit of feel good factor uh, following relegation, kind of. Didn't help soften the blow, obviously, but it was just a a, a a good a good feel, really, to see Tino back after his long injury, a fan favourite, got a couple of songs about him, etc. Um, sad to see him go, but I agree. I think Saints carried themselves really well throughout those negotiations. Uh, as we said, it was originally reported at 12 mil. And everyone was like, whoa, 12 mil, yeah, that's crazy. And obviously that was never going to get accepted. Then it came out that Saints wanted 40. Newcastle said 23, we said 40, they said 30, we said 40, and then we settled to a total package at 40, which I think 35 of that being up front or something. But then if you if you break it down, if if all the package 
is done. I, I believe we, we stand to to get back 23 to 25 mil based on that deal from the calculators that we've seen online, which which is, you know, it's not bad for a player who's just come off of an ACL, get 20 million profit for him. It's not bad. Obviously, you know, we know that we know that he if we set up, he's probably worth way more than 40 million because he's a fantastic player. But in our situation, you, you, I don't think you can you can be angry with that. Tino got a good move, obviously. Fantastic move for him. Trippy is going to be moving on over the next couple of years, definitely. And he's going to take that number one spot because he's he's that good. But I think it will be, um, I think we'll kind of see at the end of the season, we'll see how his knees hold up. I really hope he doesn't get injured, but it does work, does worry me. You know, when a player comes back from an ACL, they, they're completely different. Look at Smallbone, completely different player to when he came back from his ACL. I've seen it loads of times with players. Um, and also he had damaged ligaments in his other knee. So big risk from Newcastle, in my opinion, big risk. When there's, when there's plenty of other players out there who have good potential and probably would have been a little bit cheaper, big, big risk for them. But for us, we can't really complain. Um, I mean, I wish him well. I hope he does really, really well. Um, seemed like a good lad. Uh, always, always worked hard. But um, at the end of the day, it's, it's business, and I think we got a really good deal from that. Uh, and as he and as Martin said, you know, if we can keep Walker Peters, you know, on Friday I didn't even think about Tino after that Walker Peters cameo. Didn't even think about him. So yeah, we, we we just go from there, don't we? Really, we we move on. As I'm sure, as I'm sure we'll come to a similar thing in a minute. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, I. Totally agree with all the sentiment and, and wish wish Tino well. Like you say, it is a big risk, but and 40 million is big money. Well, to minnows like us, to the sports washes, washes up there, not really. But you know, 40 million is a big fee for a 20 year old who's just come back from a from a from a long and serious injury. Um, like you said, there are prime examples of players who just haven't been the same after these sorts of injuries, and we know that very well. When with, with the likes of Joe Rodriguez, who was electric, at, did his knee come back could not reach the heights um and it's horrible it is a horrible thing especially at such a young age to go for us and again like you said will smallbone would be testament to it martin there has been slight movement on on that it almost looked like we were going to get an instant replacement in um in max aarons from norwich it looked like we were going to get him at cut price deal because he only had a year left um and then it looked like he'd chosen leeds and in the end he didn't choose either it looks like he's going to bournemouth um Hmm. What, did, what did you make? I don't know if you kept up with it, but first of all, what yeah. did you make of it? And second of all, would would you have appreciated a signing like that? Would, do, would you still appreciate a signing like that to come in to sort of maybe play that second role behind Carl Walker-Peters if he stays? It kind of concerned me a little bit there, maybe looking at a right-back, because you're thinking that one's going to go. They won't have three right-backs you wouldn't have thought. So I'm hoping that Walker-Peters doesn't go anywhere at all. Um, but I was thinking that maybe one of them was going to go, and it did concern me a little bit. I've got to be honest. Um, but he's a great, he's a really good player as well, Max Ahrens. Um, He would have been a really good signing. We'd have had r- two really capable fullbacks with him and and Ryan Manning. But yeah, it did it did worry me a little bit to be honest. Um, but yeah, obviously that's not going to happen now. Whether we look at other right backs remains to be seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, while we're talking about Walker Peters, should we move on to must keeps? Mm. there's definitely some must sells in there must keeps you mentioned it before we came on air one of them is uh clearly burnley's you know fine burnley's finest academy graduate if you ever if you listen to them <laughs> nathan teller you you mentioned him saying he's a must keep um yeah. i agree is there anyone else that you would say at this stage right now as we sit is a must keep 
Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's a lot of talk around Smallbone at the moment. I thought he would he he'd be a dead dead starter week in week out for us. But Sheffield United supposedly have made a bid. It's been rejected by the football club. Um, there's a bit of talk that he actually wants to go Smallbone, which I find surprising. I, th- I, I would buy it. Yeah, I don't buy it. I th- I want him to stay. I think he's a for me he's a must keep Smallbone. I think Teller with is the golden ticket. I said at the end of last season. He had to come back. He's he signed a five-year contract a couple of seasons ago. He's a man. He's a man that knows the league. We have to keep him. He's electric. I think he'd be superb for us. Um, and the biggest one for me that I really don't want to see go because obviously we know Ward Prowse's deal's done. Lavi will go, but Charlie Alcaraz. I think he's really important. He's not settled down yet. He looks a little bit off it at the moment, but he's such a a key man for us. Um, I think he could score a lot of goals in this division. So yeah, they're my, they're definitely must keep. So I know who I want to see go, but obviously Walker Peters, I want to see stay. I think it you know, as deadline day gets closer, there's no doubt that people are come sniffing around him. It's just whether the club can can keep doing what they're doing and remain strong. But I kind of talking about transfer business. I, I kind of hope that we can nail things down pretty quickly in the next in the next week because. There's a lot of rumblings around while there's games going on. I always thought August was going to be really, really tough, and it's turning out to be that way. Obviously, Tino went, I think it was the eve of the of the Sheffield Wednesday game. Uh, James Will Prowse is going to go on the eve of the Norwich game. I think it just kind of overshadows that, you know, the the weekend and, and the games and the field and the and the factor with the fans. I think that we just I just want business to get done pretty soon now. And I think Russell Martin will be very much he wanna settle his squad as quick as he can and get the players that he knows that he's going to have, that are going to buy in and that he's going to have for the remainder of the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think if, if any, if you ask any manager in the English pyramid, um, they would be, if there was a petition, I, I don't even think you'd have one signature on it to say that the, that the window shouldn't shut before the first ball's kicked of the season. I think every single manager in, in, in the English pyramid wants that to happen. Um, and it's just bemused as to why it doesn't um, doesn't work like that. Um, Rob, let's let's uh, let's go straight for for the for the elephant. Then, so Tino, when we've got one more confirmed, effectively massive outgoing um, in in Prelcy, uh twenty years yeah. serving. I know it's we don't want to dwell too much because it does it's it is horrible, it is mate. actually a painful one. It does it is painful as much as you can prepare yourself for it. Um, do you think the deal is is quite is is fair? I mean, obviously we we've we've compromised on this one. I know we said we're staunch, but we have actually compromised on this one a bit. What, what's your take? So, the only reason why I think, as I said, I said before the podcast, the way that Wilcox has carried himself throughout this entire uh, transfer window with multiple different deals uh, leads me to believe that I don't think uh, he wouldn't make a deal unless it's on our terms. I I just don't I don't I don't I just don't think he wouldn't. I don't see a reason why he would because we don't need money. Um, and when we talk about the club's biggest asset, which is Ward Prowse, I, I tweeted it out. He's he's not he's more than just a player to me personally. He's the link between the fans and the club. When when times were good, when times were bad, he was all, he was the constant. You know, um, I think I think the only reason why the, why the deal was was compromised is because we probably, as people said, we got better payment terms. So it's very likely that we got the majority of that thirty million up front, as opposed to maybe that forty million spread over three or maybe even four years. So I think if you're talking about immediate impact, I'd much rather have 30 million pounds now that we, which is by the way, 
as well price is obviously an academy product it's pure profit from an ffp standpoint so we can use all of that money whereas you know if you spread that round over three to four years it, it gets diluted um and you don't really see its impact as such um just kind of touching on on ward prowse uh, there's been a lot of debate and let's be real if you think ward prowse is a club legend that's fine you think he's a club legend that's fine if you don't think he's a club legend then that's fine you know for, for me i'm 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 22 years old uh, i've been traveling watching saints for the last four years now uh, home and away week in week out and he will be a club legend to me because of the memories he's given me simple as that uh, i don't i have never seen a player put in as much effort in, in my in my lifetime watching saints than than he has done obviously lambert fantastic but from what i remember and from what i'll remember more it's Will Prowse. Um, as I said, he's always kind of been the constant. He's always been here. Uh, it doesn't matter who the ownership was. It doesn't matter, you know, who was the captain at the time, the manager. Will Prowse was always there. And he fought really hard to get himself into, into a good place in the team under Ralph. He did really well. Obviously, we all remember he was left out of the squad completely against Huddersfield when we won 3-1 and really forced his way back in for the second half of the season. And since then, he's been a mainstay. Um, yeah, it will be really painful to see him not wear red and white next year i i honestly i'm still kind of still going over it because it, it just doesn't feel real does it it, it just doesn't it's just going to be so strange and i don't know i it is it genuinely is sad as you said like, I, i'm genuinely sad that he's going um you know we've seen we've seen players like lambert leave us before to go to liverpool and whatnot but the the, the one thing that's kind of been going through my head is you know he's going to leave for a relegation threatened side first and foremost there's no doubt with the strength of the premier league so what we're going to be looking at if the, you know if West Ham do well next year if they sell Paqueta I don't see them finishing higher than 12 right I just don't with, with the strength in the league I think is it really worth giving up the last 20 years to finish 14th with West Ham and play four Europa League games for me I, for me I just I just I just I just don't understand if if you know if he would if he would force a move I can obviously completely I can understand the frustration that he's had over the last couple of years and especially over the last season the club's changed so much but if he'd stayed captained and brought us back up, that would have been, in my, in my opinion, un undisputed king. Because obviously there's always that thing with Latisse, whereas if we went down, there's never a guarantee that he was going to stay. And I think people who say, oh, Latissio definitely would have stayed if, if we went down. It's just it's just not how it works sometimes. Uh, you know, we, we can't say for definite. Um, but as long as, as, you know, he's served us so well, as I said, and I'm rambling here, but it's just such a big topic. Um as I said, we would have been in the in this situation and a lot worse. If we went, we would have been down with Gal if if World Prowse hadn't stepped up and kept us in this league for a few consecutive seasons, in my opinion. And we would have been in a much worse position than we are now from a financial point of view. And if we went down with Gal, I don't think we would have went back up. So because we were self-sufficient and you can't be self-sufficient without Premier League TV money. Um so I think, yeah, he, he served us so well. Uh, I want to see him do well. And if this is if this is one last one last push for in, for a Euro 2024 spot. I just don't think it's going to happen for him, regardless of who he's playing for. I just think he's, he's just not not got that quality anymore. But he's a fantastic player. He's served us so well, and you know, I always look back on him favorably. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely gutted. I I thought he he's going to stay, and the way that this deal got dragged out, I such a shame. It, 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 this would have been so much easier to take if it would have been like oh, the week after Fulham, the week after the transfer window opened, and we didn't have to see him in preseason. Didn't have to see him on Friday as well. One thing I did notice on Friday uh, when I was there is at the end when the players all came over, Walprouse does his thing where he like stays stays off to the side a little bit. 
kind of taking it in like he did against Forest. Um, and Jack Stevens was there in the middle. He was just waving his arms up. So we were singing like one more year, one more year, or like James Will Prowse, whatever the charm was. He was just waving his arms up louder, louder. And I didn't really click at the time. And I was like, oh, oh shit, on reflection, that's a bit mad. And everyone was kind of like coming over and touching him after the game and stuff. And it's just, it's just a shame. I, I'm genuinely still upset. And it's going to take a while for it to get used to it. But it's so important now that um, now that we replace right. And as 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 we said, you know, we need a feel-good factor coming into Saturday. Saturday can't be about Will Prowse solely. It has to be about three points. We have to move on. So... Thanks, Prowsey. I love you, but we got a game to win on Saturday and we, we can't make it sentimental, unfortunately. There's no room for that in this league. Mm, absolutely. I think you've, you've covered a lot of sentiment there with Prowsey. There's not really too much else I can add on the sentiment side. I will add to the to the, to the side um, and come to you, Martin, as well, that, that you mentioned there, Rob, about um, why, as a professional, what is the, what's the move? Um, because I've mentioned a couple of times that my brother-in-law is a West Ham fan and we work together. I see him every day. We talk football all day, every day. Um, and, you know, he'd ask me about Ward-Prowse and, and is it likely, you know, what's going to happen? Could he potentially play for us? And my answer from last season was still the same as it was three days ago before all of this kicked off was, it depends solely on what his motive is. If he he's twenty eight, right, coming on twenty nine, he's, he's he's not a young footballer anymore. I would have thought a man of Prowse's intelligence, because there is no doubt he is a very very smart individual in in many aspects. He's a smart individual. I you'd like to think that you you'd think about it in a quite a logical way in that he's 28 years old, he's the captain of this football club and everything goes through this man. Everything. He's like a, he is everything to the club and there's no, no secret in that, right? He is everything to this football club. So, if you're War Prowse, you get, an, you get a call from your agent saying, look, West Ham want you. They're playing Europa League next season. They're, they're going to offer you 10 grand more a week because I can tell you now, it's not going to be a lot more than what he's on now because Sullivan and his wages are tight as a fucking drum. So he ain't going to be on a lot more than he is now. He might have a, a bit of a chunkier performance-related bonus in there somewhere. Obviously, I'm no agent. I ain't got a clue. But his weekly base wage will not be a lot different. Now, if you're Prousey, you've got a decision to make clearly. Do you stay here for a year and say, right, if we're not promoted in the year, then I'm going to look elsewhere because, you know, I... I if you're going to stay, if we're if Saints are going to stay stuck in this circuit, that's not how I want to finish my career. And everyone, I think, would have. I don't. I think if anyone moaned, they deserve a slap on the chops. Right now, I do think there is some not value, but there's there's, there's something in what the, some people are upset about. And I do. I, I can I can sympathise with with certain people who are upset because if you're Ward and you get that offer. What is your motive? It's not money because they're not going to offer you a lot more than what we've than what you're on now. You're a highest earner. Facts. It's not game time because they've lost Rice. They're likely to sign another midfielder or two yet before this window closes in Prousey's position. I guarantee you before the window shuts, they'll have another couple in for rotation because they value Declan, Declan Rice that highly. I know they've just signed Edson Alvarez, but he's not the direct replacement. They need two or three players to do that. And and Sullivan was quite open with that the day after they won their European trophy last season. The, the morning after, he said, 
Declan yeah. wants to leave. He will go. We'll get three or four in to replace him because he is, as a one individual, he's irreplaceable. I can get on board with that. So it's not game time because he's going to get much more here. Facts. Euro 24, that's the big one for me. If he, bless his heart, thinks he's going to get into that squad he and you've got Gareth Southgate as soon as last week on TalkSport saying it doesn't matter if Henderson's playing in Saudi, I'll still give him a shout. If you think you're going to get in with a manager of a mindset like that, I th- like bless your heart. I, I love that you're still that naive, but you're not getting in, mate, no matter how good you are. Prousey mm. last season, I put, I put out this tweet, Prousey last season not getting in that World Cup team, doing the numbers he was doing in a in a frankly pathetic football inside when you had stars like Mason Mount who couldn't perform with fucking superstars around him is he's embarrassing. Assists, mate. Unbelievable. Mate, it's embarrassing the fact that he didn't he didn't even get a look in. Connor Gallagher and Calvin Phillips got in over him. That should have been a wake up call in itself. He should have thought shit. But then again maybe he's thinking if I play for a bigger club then I'm gonna get picked. West Ham historically are a bigger club. I'm not going to deny it. They are. They've got the history, right? They've got the fans. They are a bigger club. However, if you look at in terms of next season, are West Ham going to start next season in a dissimilar position to us? They are not going to win the Europa League. Mark it. Clip it. They're not going to win the Europa League. I, I don't think they get out of the groups, mate. It's the strongest the groups, Europa League there has been in years. There, there's so many giants in there that have failed to perform last season. They are going to struggle. Right, so there's no European football for them next season because they won't get in the in in the in the top six. They're not going to get in the top eight. They're not going to get in the top half. I'll be surprised if David Moyes lasts till Christmas, and if he lasts beyond that, God fucking help them because they well, will get well, relegated. Well, Prowse is, you know, as we as we've seen multiple times, their director of football, their new director of football, Tim Steiden or something, he doesn't he doesn't want more Tommy, he doesn't want more Prowse, and eventually when Stein, they do set, Stein, set Moyes, he's, he's signing. Prowse is Moyes signing. Yeah. Starting doesn't want it. And if Moyes gets the boot, where does that leave Prousey? That's that's the problem. Stuck. That's what he's you've got to be thinking ahead. Isn't is Wall Prowse gonna start next season in a similar or worse position than us? If West Ham go down, right? I don't think they will because I do think there's gonna be three teams worse than them, at least. Yeah. There has been some pretty poor spenders in the Premier League this year so far. I think and let bar in a surprise, they they're not gonna go down. They're going to struggle. Is Prousey going to start next season as a bit part player in a Premier League team opposed to the captain and the starter in a Premier League team? That's what this decision should be. Literally give it two years and I guarantee West Ham fans will get bored of him. As soon as he, turn, as soon as he turns 30, English English midfielder, 30 years old, mate. Everyone will be like, oh, we need some like fresh young blood in our midfield to get legs going. But It's always I, the I same. Agree. Yeah, I It's agree always the same. Martin, I know I've just rambled on and ranted there mm. a little bit. Have you got just listening to that, have you got anything that you wanted to pick up on about the whole Prousey saga? Because it's dragged on so long and yeah. everyone's got so much to say. I'm gutted to see him go. Um, I echo everything Rob said, really, and what, what you've said as well, to be fair, Josh. Um, I think he's been a wonderful servant to the football club. Um, I find it a strange move. Um, I only thought he would go to one of the bigger clubs. I know they didn't come knocking, but I thought if he went anywhere, it would probably be Spurs. I did. I just couldn't see him going to West Ham. I just, I was watching soccer Saturday last weekend with Simon Thomas and the and the guys. And Paul Merson spoke. He doesn't often speak that well well about Saints, but he spoke about War Prowse at length. And he said he kind of felt that by staying with us, you could we could have we could have obviously he was the main man. He was our captain. He could help drive us to a to a title push. We'd be winning most weeks. 
the club would have probably paid him the same money. I think. I think uh, he, um, yeah. he 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 was he was one of the players who didn't take a wage cut. Yeah, so he could have he could have earned that same money. So I find it I find it a strange move. I, I I don't think it's a great move for him at all. I think you find it difficult there. I think to go in and you know, their club legends gone and Declan Rice to Arsenal. He goes in though he's not a direct replacement for Declan Rice. A lot of the you know, he will be compared to him. You know, I don't care yeah. what anyone says. He will be compared to him. And I just don't think he stacks up to Declan Rice as a player. He's a totally different player to Declan Rice. And I think if he doesn't start well, the fans there are, it's not like down here. We've got a really nice bunch of fans that we, we back our players. And I don't think it's quite like that in London. I just find it a weird move to go and play in that stadium every week. Like obviously, he's probably not going to move move home. He's still got a bit of a drive into London every day to trade in. I just find it a strange move. I think he could have stayed here and been an absolute. He's a legend anyway. He's um he's given been an unbelievable servant to this football club, but to have kept him would have been given us a massive boost. And I think it kind of does put a bit of a damper on the weekend. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gutted he's gone. I wanted him to stay. I'm just really surprised he's gone to West Ham. And there's a lot of discontent now. I speak to West Ham fans. They hate the way that David Moyes plays. A West Ham fan tweeted me yesterday. He said. He hates what Moyes is doing, and I think he wants to be defensive. And um, yeah, I, I I just don't think it's a great move for him. I I I still believe he he finished his career at Southampton. I think he eventually, for some reason, I just got it. I just see him back here one day. I I don't know why, but I I feel that he'll find his way back here one day. I think it will really hurt seeing Ward Prowse break the Premier League record in a West Ham shirt. Yeah, yeah I didn't think that. I think that will really, really sting. Yeah, but mm, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's just it just sucks. Like I was confident that he was going to stay because you know that you know the the price tags we were putting up were just a way above market average for him, mm. and obviously the the payment terms are big. But I think that would have been such a big PR win for Will oh, Cox and, and and Rasmus to keep keep Will Prowse. That would have been just such an easy, well, not easy, but that would have been absolutely massive to keep him and we know you know i'm sure 90 percent of us expected him to leave and of course i'm i did expect him to leave but even when it happens it, it is just such a shame but as the window dragged on you get more and more hope you see him against wednesday you see him play consistent minutes in pre-season you see west ham come and go multiple bids priced out and then they leave and then within two days we get a david ornstein agreed fee and um yeah, it's the way the way it's all worked, and West Ham briefing journalists constantly about the situation because obviously, uh, apparently, Scott, I think it's Caber, whatever his name is. Apparently, he's in really tight with the yeah. uh, Darmish. Yeah, he's he's in really tight with yeah. Sullivan and that. So, yeah, it just oh, we're, we're just gonna see how it goes. Uh, yeah. Absolutely gutted, mate. But I'll, you yeah, know, I, I don't. I, I don't want to see his his interview with West Ham and I know we're going to probably... I, I I think it'd be really good if the club just sat him down in front of a camera and like Ori and just, just let him speak for five, ten minutes. Mm. And then yeah. and then that's it. Then that's door closed. No coming out of halftime. If it's done if no. it's done by then, no coming out of halftime. Just fresh chapter, three points. Just, just go sort yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm not on board with the sentiment show with the whole Norwich thing. As soon as I heard that um, Southampton want, want it first was reported that Southampton want Will Prowse to play against Norwich and then leave. First of that's all, I so thought that's extremely disrespectful to the club who's just paid for him. Because if we'd paid for a player, and then the club say we're going to keep him for one game, how fucking dare you? That's our player. Do you know, I would yeah. I would think that's outrageous. It doesn't matter how long they've served for that club. I'd think that's outrageous. And then second of all, I thought. And then it say, oh, but 
Warprouse wants a chance to say bye to the Saints fans. And I thought, you don't do that by no. making it the Warprouse show and, and playing your last game. And uh, you don't do that. You've played your last game. He did, that at Liverpool. It's done, he did that in Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. If it's done, it's done, mate. Leave. It's, it's time to go. And I think this is a, a big chance for... This this is a catalyst for galvanisation within our fan group because it could go one way or the other. And I think do not let as a fan as a group of fans we cannot let our heads drop. I think this is this is one of those situations where we have to realise that we don't support James Ward Prowse, we support Southampton. And at the end of the day, we we supported him before Prowse. We will support him after Prowse, and, and that is that. You know, this it, I th- I expect the Norwich atmosphere to be out- outstanding. I-, I don't expect any less. Sheffield first home game of the season, mate. first home Sheffield game of the season, record yeah. season ticket sales. Despite the whole Prousey bombshell, I honest to hand on my heart think Norwich is going to be a fantastic atmosphere as it should be. Um, and, and despite all of this War Prowse stuff, um, and yeah, I, I think I think let's let's. Try and move on from Prowse as much as we can before we probably talk about his comments he made in his first media interview next week when he's come out and said, oh, I couldn't wait oh, to get this done. Mate. And then we're all upset. So let's get this move on um, and come back to that another time. At the minute, it's rumbling on, Martin, with Romeo Lavia mm. and Liverpool and now Chelsea. Um, yeah. Just read, uh, literally, as we're on the pod. Liverpool, yeah, some interesting developments, isn't there? Liverpool are willing to pay a club record fee for Moises Caicedo, mm. as we've been talking. So, this is a big game of chess we're watching in front of us, right? This is mm. a, this is like a this is a classic sort of who blinks first uh, type thing between Liverpool and Chelsea. Is frankly, if one of them doesn't get him, he'll go to the other one because he's a backup to somebody and somebody's got either one of those has enough money to trigger it. So he's going to one of them. Um, how have you felt about it? Cause it almost feels like this one's been going on longer than the Prousey one. Well, this has probably been dragging on since January to be fair. It, it all started in when Chelsea supposedly bid in January for him. That's what they, what they it said. Was, um, yeah. August. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a, yeah, it was August. It was at the start of last season, wasn't it? Um, scary and it's rumbled on for so long he's such a good player isn't he i wonder how much i don't know what you two think that man city what sort of say so they have in this i I don't know if they're involved in in and what happens there's a lot of talk that they want him they wanted him back next season um start of not this season but next season um it'd be interesting to see how it unravels man united are also interested he's a fantastic player been on record and said it a few times that he's the best 19 year old midfielder I've, I've ever seen at Southampton. I think he's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, he's brilliant. He's got everything that requires to play at the top, top level. It's just a case of what happens and how that un, unravels now. Obviously, they're going to get big money for him. We're going to get big, big money for him, whatever happens. But it just, I'll be interested to see what you two think about the Man City thing, how involved they are within this transfer. Um, I guess I'll start. Um, I think. Any deal with City involved when there's a buyback and a sell-on clause, I think there will definitely be a first refusal, which is where, let's say let's say Chelsea bid 50 mil and we accept it, then we then have to go to City and go, well, they bid 50 mil, would you match it? And if they say, yeah, then we have to sell the player to, to City. It's quite simple. Whether, that's, whether those discussions have already taken place, who knows? It hasn't been reported anywhere. But I would assume that there would be a first refusal just 
for the amount of clauses that they keep in these contracts. I think if you look at Rodri, who's currently going to be taking Lavia's spot at City, he's like 27, one of the best in the world. Don't see him slowing down anytime soon. A player, a player like him, he'll be playing into his mid to late 30s at the top level. Um, in my opinion, anyway, I think he's just fantastic if he stays injury free, probably early to mid mid 30s, should I say? Um, but yeah, City, I mean, it's an interesting one. I think Lavia will probably want to prove himself at City if the opportunity came about. Um, you know, I'm sure he's highly rated there. Pep has spoken about him already before, before he even moved to us. Uh, I think he was named in a couple of squads potentially, but um, I think, I think, I think with Lavia, I think it's rambled on a little bit too long now. I think, I think we can get the 50, I think we can. And we should. We should hold out for it because you can't show any weakness in this market, especially with the philosophy that we've gone into it with. You can't show a, a crack. We we settled the World Prowse um, situation based because, you know, the payment terms suited us. So it's as simple as that. Not because West Ham, um, not, not because anything suited them, because it suited us. Same with Tino. And we'll, I think we'll see the same here. I think as soon as that 50 mil bid goes in from either of them, um, he'll just he'll go straight there. But the Caicedo stuff is interesting because he's double the price. So if, if Liverpool, Liverpool is saying, oh, we don't value the, the, the player at 50 million, I don't know what scouts they have at Liverpool, but that is stupid. 50 million quid for a 19-year-old who's just shown up in the Premier League and made it and just bitched about Premier League midfields. Just solely based on his compilation at Arsenal away, where we drew three all, it's ridiculous the fact that they're not paying 50 mil. He's, that's a steal. In in two years' time, they'll, you'll, I mean... You'll have you'll have you'll have him quoted at like hundred million pounds. If we stayed up, we we would have been asking for seventy eight in my opinion, and I think that still would have been a fair deal based on what they're asking for Caicedo. So, I, I hope it's wrapped up soon because, uh, you know, a lot twenty percent of that will go to City allegedly. So if we sell for fifty, we'll get thirty two million pound back, something like that, uh, thirty six around there. Um, and I, I hope we can just get that money and just reinvest it straight back into the squad. Obviously, we won't be able to spend all of it, but we can keep a lot of that aside for if, when we go up next year uh, for the war chest. So, yeah, um, wish him well. I don't really care where he ends up, whether it's Liverpool or Chelsea. I just want the money now, to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, we, we, we can hold out for it. But, yeah, he'll be a top talent. And if they don't value him at 50 million, then I don't. Their scouts should just get sacked because that is an absolute joke. What a yeah, player, Jamie Carragher summed it up, didn't he? The other day, if they don't think he's worth 50 million, they should walk away from it. Yeah, yeah. simple as that. They've left it too long. We're not going to compromise. Why would we? It worst comes to worst, we keep one of the best midfielders in the Premier League last year in a championship squad. Okay, mm-hmm. sure. And then we yeah. sell, sell him to City for 40. It's all right. I've, no, no I've never seen, I've, I've actually never seen a Liverpool fans make more sense than they have uh, in the whole Lavia thing. Yeah, but, I yeah, mean, yeah, they're, yeah they're absolutely. They're full of absolute bollocks, but they've been talking the truth with the whole um fsg uh like why are you stalling it what's the point paying yeah. the money you know i mean you have the odd knobhead saying oh he's only worth 15 million you know but i mean these people don't watch fucking football romeo lavia right to put it into perspective in 2030 lavia will be 26 he'll be in his prime mm. we can't even comprehend the year 2030 yet we're in 2023 for fuck's sake like he is so young like it just puts into perspective how talented this guy is for his age like it's it's absurd how good he is for 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 his age. Fifty million in today's footballing economy is a steal, frankly. Like for for the ceiling this kid has got. I said it last yeah. season so many times. He will go as high as he wants to go. If he puts it in, he can go as high as he wants because he is that good. Um, I think the city thing is quite interesting, Martin. In that. They have got options in that 
sort of six that, that Lavia tends to play. But those options are proven to be not good enough or not available enough in that Calvin Phillips has not done it. I, I can see if he has another season that's injury ridden, that they would need to get him off the books because he's reportedly paid quite well. Um, and that would have tied in with the, with the whole with the release clause uh, coming in. Um, I, I think with the whole first refusal thing, Rob. I think you're right. I, I think mm. w- it was the same sort of deal, if I am correct, as we had with um, with the Chelsea release clause with Tino in the first years before it was yeah. triggered. It was that we have to give them first refusal. Um, I think that's part of it. It's also, they've got the twenty percent full stop and they've even got the 20% as if they were to buy him back for the release clause, they get the 20% off as well, which is interesting. Yeah. I read in, I read in the, in the athletic, um, which is quite reliable. So I think it's interesting. I also think it's very interesting that they are choosing to bolster their midfield city right now in the way that they're doing. I mean, they've, they've just offered 110 million for Lucas Paqueta and they've obviously bought in already a, a, a centimeter, more of an eight, but they bought in Kovacic for, um, from Chelsea so they have got options in the midfield. They are going to have to lose a few bodies, but it wouldn't have surprised me if in that needed to keep that squad depth, they would have just come in for Lavia next season. Um, so He's going to end up at a rival, isn't he? He's going to end up at, it, at a rival. Exactly. He's going to end up playing against them. Um, yeah. Whereas you've got, you got Liverpool, Liverpool, Chelsea this Sunday. So Yeah, there you go. There you there go. You go. Lavia Derby. <laughs> The Lavia Caicedo yeah. derby. Could you imagine that'd be interesting? Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if Caicedo's 100 million, Lavia's fucking 85, 90 million. It's ridiculous. But um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, just get the money ASAP, please, because it's uh, this one's a lot easier to take. He's only been here a year. Yeah, we, I honestly, yeah, big we all, needs to be done. Yeah, Don't we me. all knew. Let's let's be real. Straight after that, um, straight after the Chelsea at home game, we all knew he wasn't going to be here. More than the year, yeah, didn't yeah. we? You know, it's like he's been on loan, and we're just we're just cashing in. So yeah, we're just keeping him warm yeah. for a bit. That's the way I felt yeah, like it literally. did. Like that. I can't lie, it really did. Yeah. Um, moving on to to the first home game of the season quickly, Norwich. Um, don't I don't really know what to to expect from them. They're a bit of a a strange side, Norwich. Um, Martin, did you did you? Catch up on the highlights of the first day of the season. Um, are you sort of playing Norwich on Saturday? What are you expecting from them personally? Angus Gunn returns to St Mary's. It'll be interesting to see the reception that he gets. Oh, mate, um, I forgot about yeah. that. Blimey. <laughs> yeah, Angus returns. Um, I think it'll be an interesting game. From what I spoke to a few, I know a few people in Norwich. Apparently, they, they play what they play well against Hull the weekend. Then they play well. It was a late, late winner, wasn't it? I believe, but. They dominated the game apparently, and 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 you know they were played some good football. Um, interesting, it's that second season down. You obviously I wondered if there'd be a bit of disappointment where they didn't make the playoffs or or, or been in that race for promotion last season. Because I think if you go down, that's what you want to do. They're usually right in the mix, aren't they? To go straight back up, you know they've yo-yoed for so many seasons. I think it'd be a really good test for us. I think it'd be a far far more difficult game than than obviously the Sheffield Wednesday game. We're going to go from playing one of the far weaker sides to one of the stronger sides. I just hope there's a really good atmosphere at St Mary's. I think it's been a, a nightmare at St Mary's for a while. Our home form was just abysmal. That just the, those two two league wins all all season last season. I just I want to see us get off to a good start. I think a win's really really important. I don't want to see us get beaten. That's for sure. But I just think a win for the fans would just lift everybody. Um, especially with the transfer business this week, with 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 Paul Prowse leaving, 
Um, hopefully Flynn Downs or somebody may may come in, whether they're going to be ready for the weekend is probably unlikely. But I just think that we we have to get our for, our home form bang on this year. We can't afford home form like we had last year. I think it's it's got to be addressed. And um, if we could start well, it gives us a platform to to build on. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree agree with with that. Um, Rob, they, from what I've seen, they they're quite they're quite a physical side, um, Norwich, especially this season. Yeah. I think they've they've uh, they got the likes of uh, Shane Duffy going trying to break people's legs this season. So um, it's it's probably going to be quite a, a battle. Um, what what are you expecting? Martin did mention there about possibly getting someone in before before Norwich. I've seen a couple of reports saying that we we want to, which is obvious. Why wouldn't you want to? But it, for me, it just doesn't seem realistic. Um, what, what do you think? Do you think we there's potential we could have a body in? Not that they're just going to slip straight and start an eleven, but we could have a bit of depth for the for the game or not. I think the club have probably known about departures like Will Prowse probably since Friday, Thursday. I think probably would have been preparing for it. Obviously, we've, we've been prepared for like, the entire summer to replace these players. I reckon we have one more. I reckon we have a player come in. I don't think I think the club can't afford to not have a player come in. Um, obviously, as you said, not to start maybe a part of the squad. Who that is, not sure. But um, I, th- I think we, I think we'll probably have someone come in before Saturday because at the end of the day, the club have just sold the you know, our biggest modern day legend over the last decade. Uh, and, you know, you need to get morale back. As you, as Martin said, you know, we need the atmosphere. Um, well, am I expected from Norwich? Mostly, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I Before this, I looked at their lineup. Um, I've seen a lot of hype from Norwich fans about a player called Gabriel Sara, who's a Brazilian uh, centre attacking midfielder who apparently played really well against Hull. Um, but I was still quite surprised to see Josh Sargent playing for them to be honest with you I thought he was was rubbish in the Premier League and he hasn't really looked like he's kicked on and they've got Ashley Barnes up top who obviously always scores against us so Ashley Barnes will score uh, on on Saturday but yeah their defence doesn't look necessarily strong they bring Shane Duffy Ben Gibson no one really there that would that would worry me two very physical centre-halves though and as we saw on Friday set pieces are still uh still quite fragile um but yeah, I think I think we have to go there just playing our game. I think I think we have to we have, we have to get a win. So go there, just, just just please win. Good performance. If we if we can just, I've been saying that I've, I've been desperate just to see us rock up on it for a game, just win two nil, nice and easy, no issues, control the game. Everyone can go home happy, and then we can build uh, onto a, what will be a tougher game in my opinion against Plymouth. Um, but yeah. We'll see what happens, but um, I, th- I yeah. Regarding the transfers, I, I I think the club the club needs some positive news um, because this week it's going to be you know we lost three on to Gillingham. I think you know we've we've it looks like we're going to be selling three of our biggest talents this this week: Antino, Lavia, and Ward Prowse. Um, so we need a little bit of positivity, and a win on Saturday would really help that. Uh, and it'll be great for us or Martin to get a win as well at home. Uh, are we really good? And obviously, he's played over three hundred times for Norwich as well. So he knows that club and that that'll be potentially quite interesting with their fans. So um, no, we'll see. I mean, the Northern, we've, we've been given extra allocation for the Northern, which is fantastic. So currently it's 92% of the Northern of Block 41 and 2 are season ticket holders, which is fantastic up from uh, just under 80%. So that's really strong. Hopefully an extra 500 fans fill that gap between us and the away fans, but it should be a fantastic atmosphere. 
and hoping that block 15 stuff does well as well we're good to get some energy into the chapel it's needed desperately but um no yeah really uh really looking forward to it we could have a first home game and uh yeah well, we need a win the, i think the fans the fans need a win obviously friday was fantastic but home fans need to see a win fresh page no way to do that better than a than a, a good win on the on saturday first for sure yeah i think in the words of ryan man and winning is a habit and if we can get into it early doors yeah. um that that oh, would absolutely. be great that would be great um martin can i bother you to possibly predict the score um obviously obviously ashley barnes is going to score and angus gunn's probably going to make about five wonder saves knowing our luck so <laughs> what would you what are you uh what, what's your thought on the actual score line I'm going to go with a two-one victory. I think we will concede, but I think we're we're edgy. I think we'll we'll be we'll be the better side. Fancy Adam Armstrong to to get a goal. Um, yeah, and hopefully, I like to see see a, see a dozy sort of really set fire at St Mary's and get get himself on the on the score sheet because the fans love him, the kids there love him. Um, yeah, two-one for me. Yeah, huge season for a dozy this one. Rob, what what do you what do you think, mate? Score wise, clean sheet. It's brave words. Um, oh yeah, I'll back a two 0 I I think I think we should we should win. Let's be real, we should. Our, our squad is fantastic. I'd say two 0 Uh, we'll go Teller and Alcaraz. Fancy that? Really fancy that? But um, yeah, just want to see a good, good good performance. I mean, this league isn't about good performances now. It's about wins. It's about points when you get promoted. Good performances can only take you so far, but you have to capitalize on them. Which I think we didn't really do all that much against Wednesday. We definitely should have scored more. So I think, mm -hmm. yeah, consistency in front of goal, keeping it solid at the back, keeping the ball, eighty percent possession, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we can go home happy on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Definitely. Sounds sounds good. I'd be more than happy if it if it went like that. Um, just for chuck my chuck my two pence in there. I, I think we'll make it difficult at stages. I think we will come away with it. I'm going to go with a one nil. Uh, nice. slightly slightly narrower um although i do i i'm hoping it's just three points in any, any way shape or possible um uh, yeah or, any, anyway form. um i believe it's next tuesday we've got a uh, fans forum um the the solent fans forum um are either of you chaps going to be heading to that unfortunately not i have got work commitments but um hopefully hopefully it's good i mean to be honest with you we yeah it'll, it'll be good i'm really interested to see what how wilcox handles it because obviously he's doing a fan forum after the sales of ward prowse so it'll be really interesting to see if we can get any any snippets of info from from them mm. uh, and it'll be interesting to see phil parsons as well um, and yeah. obviously russell martin we're just going to get more more good stuff from him but jason wilcox will be really interesting but yeah shame i'm not going i, I, was, I was hoping to go but just not possible yeah. unfortunately what about you martin are you going to try and I'm gonna go. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna go. So, if there's anything you want me to ask, just just. just I'll be. I'll be there. I'll see you there, mate. We'll, Are you we'll, there, mate? Oh, we'll, we'll catch yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll grill them. <laughs> we'll we'll yeah. try and grill them. So, yeah, there is that to chat about next week and and Plymouth, and hopefully we'll be be reflecting on a win. Um, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I know it's a bit of a longer one. We will cut it. I will cut it down into sort of segments, so if you, you can catch shorter snippets, um, if you like, uh, make sure if you do want to see all of these first, just subscribe to the YouTube. Um, and head over to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're on we're on all of them. You you will not struggle to find us. Uh, drop us a follow on Twitter. Um, all of these guys, uh, Rob and Martin, will both be in the, uh, the description. Make sure you go and follow them. They are all over everything Saints. 
Um, so it's, it's, on, it's, on, it's, it is an obsession, isn't it? That's for real. It is. It's, I think it's, it's in our, it's in our obsession, blood, yeah. mate. All of us is in our blood. Yeah. So they are all over it. So if you if you if you love the club like we do, go and give them a follow. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening and watching, and we will catch up with you next week.